Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday evening chapel. We are being transformed. We are. We usually do it in a more volunteer manner. <clears throat> the preacher of the evening is Dr. Laurel Matson. He's going to help us understand the we all. We are being transformed into Christ's likeness. May it be so. Amen? Right, stand and sing with me a song that gives praise to him. Two, three, four. We don't have the words to describe it. We don't have the imagination to begin to, to recognize it. We're not creative enough to know how to tell somebody else about all that your love means to us. And about every way that you've worked in our lives. So we just tell you thank you. We tell you thank you with our lives. We tell you thank you with our hearts, with our obedience. Tell you thank you with us. We bear witness that for as high as the heavens above, so great is your love toward us. We give you praise. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Vic, is it possible to just put that, uh, the, the picture of the forest scenery behind me? That way, people have something nice to look at. Uh, in, in reality, isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Um, one of the beautiful scenes of God's goodness to us. I'm reminded tonight as I stand here and, and sing and as I've been preparing for this chapel service, I've been reminded of the chapel services that we've had thus far this fall. Haven't they been wonderful? Amen. My God has just moved in such a, such a tremendous way to, with us and in us, through us. It's been amazing and interesting to me uh, how the, the theme has, has seemed to catch on and has caught the hearts and, and minds of everybody nearly that's stood up here to speak. We all with unveiled faces are being transformed into Christ's likeness. In fact, <clears throat> so many have spoken from uh, this particular passage of Scripture that as I began to, to think toward this message, I, I was a little hesitant to go there again. <clears throat> I was reminded of a situation that happened a number of years ago. I was uh, participating in a work and witness trip to the Bahamas. Tough, thankless job in February. <laughs> when you live in Wisconsin in February, you will do almost anything, even work hard on building a church. <clears throat> we had gone down with a team one year and uh, 
There, there are, uh, on the particular island that, that we were visiting that time, there are five Nazarene churches. And so they had, had informed us ahead of time that we would be holding simultaneous revivals in all five churches, and they wanted the preachers on the work and witness trip, on the team, to, to rotate in the various churches and preach. And so we did. And it was, we had a good experience. Well, the very next year, we went back to the same island to work on a different church, and they had a, they had a different point of view that year. They were having, again, a revival, and, and it was kind of interesting. They called it a Sunday school revival. And, uh, but this year, that, that particular year, instead of us going out to all the different churches, they all came to one central church, and they had gotten various noted pastors from our denomination and from other denominations to come and preach for that whole week, Monday through Saturday night. And they were all given the responsibility that they were to preach from that passage in the Old Testament where King Hezekiah is told by the prophet, set your house in order for you will die and not live. And so night after night after night, after night after night after night, I think that's six of them, we heard again and again that same passage of scripture and each of the speakers tried to outdo each of the others and of course you had to realize that that we were there with sore aching backs and muscles because we'd been laying block and pouring concrete all day and then we had to sit in the services and well <clears throat> we had an hour of worship before we got to the message and uh, you can't even begin to imagine in the most uh, uh, enthusiastic worship you've been in theirs was more for an hour and uh, and then the preacher would get up to preach and the sore aching muscles begin to take over and the tiredness and and the text was always the same set your house in order for you shall die and not live I frankly I was looking forward to Sunday morning because one of our team members had been chosen to uh, speak that Sunday morning and I thought to myself I'm going to hear a message on a different passage of Scripture and uh, some of you who are here may even uh, may even know this pastor for he's a brother of one of the men that's at Genesis Church here in uh, the Springs uh, this pastor was named Aiden Crandall his brother Guy is over at Genesis Church. That morning, Aiden stood and turned to the Old Testament and said, uh, the title of my message this morning is, Set Your House in Order, For You Shall Die and Not Live. Subtitle, Some Things I Did Not Hear This Week. Well, as I thought about this night, some of the translations that we have read uh, talk about and say it in this fashion, we all with unveiled faces are being transformed. 
And I'm reminded that this task, this responsibility, this enjoyable opportunity to be transformed is something that we do corporately and together. We are not just transformed alone. And I want to focus tonight on that together aspect of this transformation that we want to take place, that we believe is taking place, that we encourage God to do in our hearts and in our lives. I want to focus on the togetherness of how that must be accomplished. Last week on our campus was the Board of Trustees, and, and one of the men who came along with his wife was a man that, uh, that people of my generation revered and honored, and I trust that some of you do as well. Uh, Dr. Reuben Welch was for many, many years at Point Loma Nazarene College and now University, was, the, was one of the professors and was a chaplain, and years ago he wrote a book. It was simply entitled, We Really Do Need Each Other. That's so true. <laughs> we need each other. I want to read a, a different passage of Scripture, if I could, this evening, to go along with the we all are being transformed. In the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter, beginning with verse 1, Paul says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin... You who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks of he is, excuse me, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Now wait a minute. I only read five verses. Can't Paul make up his mind? Paul says in verse 2, carry each other's burden. And before he even takes a deep breath, in verse 5, he says, everybody should carry his own load. So there's this whole thing of carrying loads and bearing burdens. And I would submit to you tonight that a part of this transformation, this we all are being transformed, we all are becoming Christ-like, a part of that is that for each and every single one of us, there are responsibilities that we and we alone are to bear. In most of the classes that you have a final test, they will be individual tests. They won't be corporate tests. Some of you are thankful for that, and some of you would think that maybe you could benefit from that concept. But there's also some nitty-gritty things that you and I face in this sojourn called Nazarene Bible College, in this journey that we are focusing this year on being transformed into Christ-likeness that we, quite frankly, cannot bear 
Allah. And the thing that is concerning to me is that as you watch your fellow students, the students that begin to withdraw and stay away and the students that become less involved and less interactive are the very students who need someone else to begin to pick up that burden. We need to turn to each other and honestly say to one another at various times, I need help. Can you help me? Will you pray for me? Will you help me through this particular issue that I'm facing in my life? Instead of withdrawing and pulling back and saying if we just ignore it, it will go away. But there is a time when we must bear each other's burdens. A few years ago, commencement time, a couple of graduates came to me during that weekend and said to me, uh, Dr. Matson, you weren't even here when we started. But we sat in the Strickland Chapel at a table beside each other as new students who didn't know each other. And somebody stood up on that orientation Saturday and said, look around you because about 60% of the people sitting here are not going to be sitting in graduation commencement because they won't make it. They'll drop out. Now that's always an encouraging thing to say on the day, you know, a weekend before you take your first class. These two gentlemen said to me, we just want you to know that we turned to each other and said, we make a covenant with each other that we're going to walk across the platform of graduation the very same day. They said, we want you to know that we're going to do it this weekend. We need each other. Each of us should carry others' burdens. We shouldn't be too proud. There are just some things in life that are meant to be shared. One of the reasons that I had this put on the screen while I was talking, in, in spite of what I said earlier, but one of the reasons that I had it put up there is because while we were singing, I was looking at that, I was looking through the words, and I was singing the words, but I thought, oh, that looks like one of my favorite places to visit, almost. Now, I know it's got pine trees, and the place I like to visit has maple leaves. And I know that's all green, and this time of the year, the place I like to visit would be all red and yellow and orange. But that's okay. It sort of reminds me of Vermont. Sort of. Sharon and I have traveled uh, in Vermont on vacation, I'm not even sure, seven or eight years. We love the beautiful hues of the color in the fall. 
Since I've been uh, at Nazarene Bible College, I've been privileged for a number of the years that I've been here to travel pretty extensively by myself. I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I, I used to keep track of the flights and the number and the frequent flyer miles and the hotel, you know, all of that stuff. There was a year, uh, a couple of years ago, that, that at the end of the year, I had a good friend who was in Washington, D.C., and he was dying with cancer. And uh, I, I called him up, and he was a mentor of mine. I called him, and I said, I need to come and just sit down with you for two or three days. I just need another dose of you. And, and that was really, uh, it was a very beneficial and helpful thing for me. But one of the reasons I wanted to make that trip was because I could fly from here to Minneapolis to Detroit to Washington, D.C., to Detroit to Minneapolis to here, six flights. And those six flights would have given me 101 takeoffs and landings for the year. Now, it's, be it's always better if both the takeoff and the landings equal each other. <laughs> I've been, I, I, I seriously feel greatly privileged to have made those trips. I've been to some of the absolute best Nazarene campgrounds in the United States. Some of you who come from eastern Michigan, you think yours is best. Right next door, some of you who come from Michigan, you think yours is best. The old campground at Northeast, yeah, I knew I'd hear from Mid-Atlantic. The Missouri campground is an absolute, I mean, I have, I, but you know what? As I made those treks, I, I visited in those years 59 districts on official visits for the college. There's 70-some districts, and I was able to visit 59 of them. And I kept coming home to Sharon and saying, someday you're going to have to see this with me because when I go to these beautiful places, when I, you know, I, I, I went to Vermont a couple of times in those travels and it just wasn't the same. And, and I said, Sharon, someday you're going to go on these trips with me because there are certain things that just are meant to be shared. <laughs> and, and I sort of had this plan that the year before I retired, which is way down the road, well, maybe not that long, but I, I had this plan already formed and generating in my mind that, that on my final summer of travel, we'd just have Sharon take the summer off, and she would go with me, and I would try to choose all the places that I said I really want you to see this. Well, <clears throat> budget cuts have hit Nazarene Bible College, and I'm not traveling anymore. And some of those places and people and things that I could only describe to her on the phone at night, she probably will never see. Because there are some things that are just meant to be shared. 
There were times when I would stand at a beautiful scenic spot, something like that. And I would be there by myself and I would, I would turn and say, oh, it would be nice if I could share this moment with Sharon. The Nazarene Bible College experience is not meant to be taken alone. It is meant to be shared with your family, with men and women that before you came here you didn't know, but when you leave here may be your best friends. The temptation will be when, when the finances go bad, when you can't get a job or you lose your job, when there's no food on the table, when things didn't go well in class, when things aren't doing as well as you'd like for them to do at the church you're worshiping in, when the professor just doesn't understand you, when Free Food Tuesday has the worst possible meal you could ever imagine. <laughs> Certainly wasn't last night, was it? <clears throat> you see, we really do need each other. There are certain burdens, there are certain loads that you must carry alone. But there are certain burdens and loads that if you try to carry them alone, you will not be transformed in the way that God wants to transform you. You will find yourself as a casualty when all you really needed to have done was to stop somebody in the hallway on the way to class and say, can you pray for me right now before we go into this classroom? or you call somebody and see you can't call somebody late at night if you don't know them real well because Satan will say to you in that darkest hour you can't call them yes you can we're in this thing together we're on a journey together. We are going down the road together. You can make it. We can be transformed. We all with unveiled faces. So, my encouragement to you tonight is pick up your load. Help somebody else with their burden as we together are being transformed into Christ-likeness. Our song, song of response to reflect the message. So would you all stand, please? This uses the pronoun we. It says, we uh, lift our voices, we lift our hands, we lift our lives up to you. We are an offering. 
So I want us to sing it together, but not just vocally. So reach out to the folks on the other side of you and grab the hands of the folks who are close to you. Move if you have to do that in order to make that happen. So we'll make we mean something more than just usms. Before I pray our benediction, a quick, quick story. I'm always amazed at technology. I have in my cell phone, in fact, I was going to read the Bible passage tonight out of my cell phone. Uh, I have GPS in it. It tells me where to go. Sometimes when it doesn't know where to go, it will give me a message, and I, I just love her voice. And when it doesn't know where I am, it says, you are off track. <laughs> doesn't tell me how to get back on track. But if I'm able to find my way to the right place, it will assure me by saying, you are now on track. Labor Day, we didn't have a picnic here at school, so Sharon and I were going to go to our church's Labor Day picnic. I had never been to that park before, didn't know where it was. So as we were getting ready around the house, I got out my phone and punched in the address, and she told me to go 400 yards and turn left on Jadidia Smith. Uh, the name of the street is Jedediah Smith, but the cell phone doesn't know that. She thinks that Jadidia Smith, but <laughs> I put the cell phone in my pocket. Forgot it was there. We put all the groceries, all the stuff in the car. I went back into the house to see one last time if we had everything to go to the picnic. We had everything in the car. Sharon was standing there in the kitchen by the sink. I walked up to her and I turned her around and put my arms around her and we embraced. Aww. We stood there for about 20 seconds and I was enjoying the moment until my GPS said, you are back on track. There are times when we need somebody to say to us, you are off track. You need to get with somebody else to get back on track. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your transforming power. May we all be transformed into Christ-likeness by you. May we do it together, Lord. Amen. Amen. I think we're done.